episode 144, Touch Education, Evidence-Informed Massage. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair. Today, we hear Matthew Howe's perspective. During 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards nominated host as we get a behind-the-curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back. Yeah, as you know, if you've heard the episodes for a while, I always plug a little something special for myself in the beginning. Today, if you just go to a doctorsperspective.net slash links, L-I-N-K-S, you'll have everything you need there. Podiatry series, dentist series, the marketing series, the cash PT series, all those things are right there. Supporting the show with a cup of coffee, writing a review, all of those things are right there on that site when you pop up. So I encourage you to check it out. Sometimes there's a lot of episodes, like 144, you just don't know where to go and you don't want to scroll down to one or number 10. So this is a nice way to see a series, see what you like at it, read the synopsis from the PDF, listen to what you want. Now, family's excited. We're going back to New Zealand, to the South Island, Queenstown, stop off at Christchurch, see some fjords, some hiking. It's going to be fun. Really excited about it. Although with a one-year-old, we're a little nervous. So we have some plans to try to keep her occupied. When you're not having to use car seats as a standard, and then you have to, we know there's going to be some fights. So wish us luck. Today's episode, evidence-informed massage. What is that? He is going to go through it. His company Touch education. I would say after listening to this, if he has a network of doctors who've taken his seminars, these are the ones that you'd want to hire, these type of massage therapists, because they get back to the basics. They're going to figure out how to work as a team with a physical therapist or a chiropractor so that you can get the results that you're looking for as the doctor. And for them, they're getting the results that they want, functional results. Okay. One of the things we're going to talk about is how does he work in anxiety and PTSD type of recovery with the massage? That's a unique thing that I hadn't heard of before. And we'll talk about that near the end of the interview. What about a fair interview process? Is it okay to ask for a massage if you get an hour and you don't hire them? What then? So we'll talk about that. Talk about his favorite tool to use for massage and a few more nuggets that we'll just let you listen to. Audio quality is decent on this one. I'm not sure if it was my internet or his, but every now and then you'll hear a little stutter. I tried to fix what I could. Shouldn't take away from anything, but I just want you to know uh, it's not quite as crisp and clean as a lot of the other ones. So bear with me in some time. All the show notes at doctorsperspective.net slash 144. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China in Orlando, Florida, Take that, Hurricane. We still got electricity and we're going to do this thing. But today on the show, we have an educator called Touch Education. And I really like some of the mission that he's on. Is It's looking like massage, but then or the higher service, getting the best that you can possibly be, and then educating others so that they can do it as well. So I'm excited to have a nice conversation with Matthew Howell. Welcome on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. Did I get the last name okay? You did. You did. Perfect. Well... A unique setting to want to teach and do seminars and all of that kind of thing because it is so much work to build a following, build a tribe, create content that is valuable, that people want to spend their money on, and then also make it to where they can implement on Monday morning. Would that be kind of true? That's very true. So how did that come about? What's your backstory? Uh, well, my backstory is uh, I got into massage therapy sort of as a 
I look back on it as divine comedy. Gone through a couple of life turning events, and one of the last ones before I became a massage therapist was I broke both of my forms in a car accident. Oh. So, uh, laying on the couch, looking at my life in my early 20s, going, you know, what's going on? What's the message I need to get here? And then just kind of decided I was going to pick up and move out and move to Florida. And within a week, I decided to go to massage school. So, I actually started massage school about eight months after the car accident. So, that was my rehab back into building my body, knowing my body, and then jumped out of massage school working, uh, working for chiropractors and just applying the trade. And a few years in, um, I went back to my massage school to actually buy some lotion, and the owner of the school offered me a job. He said, Hey, you know, I appreciate uh, what you do and how your brain works. Would you be interested in coming back to teach? And uh, that was right around 2003. And in 2007, he kind of took me under his wing and said, hey, look, I think it's time for you to take your teaching to the next level. I think you've got what it takes and you've got the ability to communicate that message. And uh, he helped me take that step out into uh, becoming a, a professional education provider. And ever since then, since 2007, we've been going at this grassroots style and trying to make sure that the information I am sharing and I am teaching is a good combination of forward thinking, pioneering kind of taking the latest research in science and making it applicable and integrable to a massage therapist to seeing in a treatment room so that they can take a class on the weekend and be excited and plugged in and understand how to use those tools come Monday. Uh, and then over the last couple of years, it's become more apparent to me that the message, especially with the PTSD work that I'm teaching, is it's time to cross disciplines with it uh, and reach out to other care providers and well-minded individuals. Well, you know, a lot of our audience is going to be chiropractors, physical therapists, and I am definitely in the side of a forward-thinking chiropractor, looking at the evidence, you know, and all that kind of stuff instead of just being dogmatic from the past. So what does that look like for a massage therapist? Um, if you could give us the, I don't know, run of the mill versus what you're trying to train. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of really amazing, talented instructors out there who have been doing what they've been doing for quite some time. Their work is effective uh, and it works. The deviation from what is currently out there to what I'm doing is I'm trying to ask questions and find answers and recognize the difference between theory, hypothesis, and evidence-based. Because in massage, evidence-based and trying to quantify the power of touch is incredibly hard. Yeah. So, you know, the way that I kind of look at it is if we start with let's recognize it as a therapeutic experience between two people and then build from there, you know, we can go that way. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of time my with my first cup of coffee in the morning, I'm reading research. Uh, I'm reading, you know, pain science research. I'm reading PT stuff. I'm reading, you know, chiropractors, osteopathic stuff. Just you know, I can see what other professions are doing and seeing how it fits massage so that massage therapists have the confidence to have that conversation with the chiropractors they're working for or with PTs so that if we find ourselves in the position of sharing clients and or eventually referring clients, uh, we can have the same conversations and we don't get stuck, like you said, in the dogma of technology from the 70s and 80s, you know. But what's, and what's that look like? Like, um, like a PNF stretching or is there any kind of buzzwords that we would recognize that are cutting edge at this point? There's a lot of, there's, you know, there's people who try and designate what medical massage is. 
people will try and talk about orth- orthopedic massages. A lot of the orthopedic massage is coming from the sort of PT and sports massage aspect of it. Okay. The medical massage, depending on who you talk to, some people have brought the research from Soviet Bulk and the work that they did and have sort of teaching that to massage therapists. But as far as buzzwords, you know, it's our profession hasn't done the best job of making ourselves clear in what we can bring to a chiropractor's office, what we can bring to the medical field. Because it's it's you have one piece of the population who's diving deep into science and the other side is diving deep into art. You know, so in the massage field you have the everything needs to happen space and then you have everything is very earthy. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I'm trying to straddle both worlds to make sure that we can maintain that composition between the two. But you know, what for for chiropractors PTs what they might want to look for when they're talking to massage therapists is you know the basics, anatomical terms, muscles, you know, what do they know about how the nervous system talks to the body? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I read last month was as a massage therapist, we've never actually talked, never actually touched the muscle. So for us to say that we're having an impact directly on the muscle, we have to have a conversation through the skin first. You know, just kind of a different way of looking at things um, so that we can have conversation. Because, like I said, there's not a lot of deep science in the massage field. Uh, it's emerging. It's definitely happening. Uh, there's definitely some people that are pushing things forward so that we can stay evidence-informed Yeah. until we can reach that point of becoming evidence-based. You know, having conversations like we're having here, opening doors for for myself and for massage therapists to talk to chiropractors, to talk to PTs about the the instrumentation and the variables that they're studying in their research and trying to find a way of how can we cross-pollinate to, you know, testing massage. When I think of, like, where everything informed in massage, I would think sports-related, you know, they're not just, let's have the incense burning and the soft music. It's probably out Correct. there where you're, the patient's probably like, hey, ah, ooh, that hurts, ah, ah. But then afterwards, they're like, oh, that's better. I can actually fully arrange the motion on my shoulder now. And it's much more of a athlete style. When we look at sports massage, I prefer the term looking for sports performance. Uh, I prefer the concept of making all of massage performance driven, letting the client or patient choosing what do they want to perform better at. You know, if they're coming in because they can't play tennis anymore, then performance might be all right. Well, let's help them get back to playing tennis. Uh, for some people who are living here in Florida, there's a bit of an overpopulation, so it might just be they want to be able to function better, you know, do the daily chores better. So getting the performance that. from that angle. Uh, and then also, you know, people, the, they, you know, they might work out, they might eat really well, but they're just really exhausted and they're not sleeping well. Uh, so for them, performance might be how do I relax better, you know. My first few years in the massage field were working for and with chiropractors. And then I had to make the jump into spa because at the time, that was the only massage job that offered health insurance. Oh, yeah. But I had an instructor when I was in school who said, don't change what you're doing based on where you're at. So I've always been a performance results-driven therapist, even when I was working at the spa. So I took every interaction and, okay, I've got 50 minutes with this person. What can I do to help enhance their life for the rest of their life? Whether it's new range of motion, new awareness, you know, self-help techniques, you know, what can I give them to go home with something to help them perform better at home? So you're really looking at a different 
type of client than just the person that just wants to feel good for for an hour from some stress. This is probably a more engaged person in general with with what they're doing in life. Like I have this goal, I'm coming to you to help me get to that goal. That's a, I think that's a different mindset for the for the therapist and for the client. And you just got to find those two people. Is that kind of true? It's true. Um, a lot of it's education. Mm-hmm. You know, Massage Envy has done a great job at introducing massage to a population that otherwise wouldn't see that. Yeah. But uh, now, but dot, dot, dot. Now it's time to up the education. It's time to up the game. Just because XYZ magazine says deep tissue is the new thing. What does deep tissue mean? Mm-hmm. This is for, our, for my profession. It's still pretty murky as to what that is. You might have somebody who's saying we're going to do structural integration and we're going to work into your bone marrow. And you might have somebody else who uses a less invasive touch, but then give you the ability to reset your nervous system. Yeah, that's the wild thing about it, huh? The light touch versus the deep touch. And some people get better results with light. And you're just like, wait, that's counter to what it's supposed, what you would think it does. Yeah. But then it works. That's the gift of the talented massage therapist. You know, the massage, a massage therapist for me, uh, having done this for almost 20 years, is somebody who just kind of goes about their thing. You know, the massage professional is going to be performance driven. They're going to want to learn to read the tissue, understand what's happening, understand your clients, give them homework, all of these different pieces, and trying to feed them. And that's all of those messages what took me into beginning to write the PTSD program that I wrote. Because if we can take somebody who's at that level, and help them begin to perform better. And their performance at that level might be, they just begin living more efficiently. They begin living better. They're less stressed out. They're less aggressive. Take that to my professional athletes who need to go from 95% to 99%. Yeah. You know, 3% swing on either end of that scale is significant. Would you recommend people, or what should they look out for uh, when working with, say, a chiropractor? Because it seems to me, whether it's a PT or a chiropractor, it seems like a good route to go. However, I see it on my end. Mm-hmm. We're trying, you know, what we're trying to get out of you guys. And then y'all got to sure. see it from the opposite where you're like, oh man. So what, if we were going to hire someone who's taking your classes and we're like, all right, we like you, we like your ideas. That means your students are probably going to be like-minded. What are, what are we looking for? And what are y'all, what are y'all looking for from us so that y'all can stay long-term and be happy and productive and everything? That's a great question. Quite a good question as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll start from, uh, from a chiropractic, chiropractic perspective, PT perspective, is, you know, you want somebody that's reliable, one. You know, you don't want somebody there who's, who's going to flake out. You know, so you know, job history, basic interview things that you would look for in a good employee, all of those criteria stay in place. You know, reliable transportation, articulate, clean, well-mannered, well-groomed, things like that. Then... You add on the extra layer of what I'm looking for from a chiropractic PT perspective to the massage therapist. What are their technical and tactical abilities? You know, the the medical profession is very certificated. What classes have you taken? What certifications do you have? As a person who has trained, hired, and managed a massage therapist, I'm more interested in what can they do in real time in treatment room. Mm-hmm. Can they read? Can they read the tissue, or are they just making them potatoes? You know, do they understand the difference between tight and restricted tissue? Do they understand what the goals of chiropractic are? There's different in your profession. You have Logan trained chiropractors. You've got uh, 
you know, Palmer trained chiropractors, they're respected inside the chiropractic profession. So certain massage therapists might align better based on the philosophy of the chiropractor. Right, right. You know, so maybe articulate what your particular perspective is, whether you're, um, you know, this is going to be a process. Are you looking for a massage therapist who's just going to come in and oil the machine, be a widget, and just move on? Uh-huh. I was going to ask about that because sometimes you can get someone who does, here, get your 45 minutes. And then the other ones where they're like, look, suboccipitals are tight, headaches. I need you to beat them up for 15 minutes or work your magic, however you want to use your, the right words. But work your magic, 15 minutes, suboccipitals, boom. And that's what we want. I mean, I don't know uh, for a therapist if they prefer one or the other. I think as a doctor, if I was busy enough, I would be more inclined to say, hey, I'll pay you hourly because you're going to be busy and we'll just do 15 minute increments at whatever your issue is, both hamstrings, a low back, you know, like I just said, the, whatever your issue is, that's what we're going to work on and get you the best results possible. Instead of me doing it with my own skills, I'm going to just hire somebody that does it full time. Sure. Yeah. Then that was the question of, uh, are you going to be an employer or an independent contractor? Uh huh. You know, for, for the chiropractic side, you know, I, I see the value of both sides. Uh, as long as that, is clearly defined of what the intentions for the therapist to do and what the chiropractor is looking for. And then talk about, then, yeah, just take, you know, be open, be honest, be authentic, be real. If you're looking for, you know, somebody to just slide lotion around, say that, you know, we're looking for someone to help improve our customer service experience. I'm going to be doing, I'm going to take care of the adjustments, the, weapon, the wellness side. I just need you to make things nice. Cool. Uh, you know, but if you're looking for somebody who come in and you tell them like this, this patient is suffering from right side headaches, occiput's going one way, C1, C2 are going the other way. This is where headaches are coming from. These muscles are eccentrically loaded. These muscles are concentrically loaded. What does that mean to you? Mm. And because if that's the therapist you're looking for, then they're going to need to be able to carry that conversation with you. Is it wrong for us to ask for a sample? It's no. Is it annoying for y'all? Because, I mean, sometimes I'd feel weird, like, all right, I need somebody to want to see what you feel like. And I'm like, would I do that for somebody else? Like, I think for a chiropractor, we would still want to see what you feel like. Like, adjust me. I want to see if you're good, you know, before I hire you. But um, what do you, what's your feeling well, about it? Is it disrespectful? No. In the profession, uh, you know, in spa world, it's part of the hiring process. Not necessarily the first stage interview. Okay. The second or third. You know, for the chiropractors, the different ones that I've worked for, I offered to work on them because I want them to know what my hands feel like. If they don't trust my hands, then how are they going to trust their patients with my hands? The thing that I've seen on a couple different um, massage therapy groups is, you know, if I give an hour massage and I don't get the job, should I send them an invoice for my time? Hey. Which is, it's a fair question. You know? That's a long time. An hour, though, that seems like it's taking advantage of the situation to me. Ten minutes, I mean, you should be able to know. Yeah, I mean, you should be able to know, you know, my dad would say you should know by the time you finish shaking their hand. Okay, there um, we go. You know, uh, but that's that's kind of the thing, is if you do, you know, depending on what you're using the therapist for, you can go that route. 10, 15 minutes, work on whatever issue you might have, you know, if you're the chiropractor or and you have neck issues or you have shoulder issues or elbow issues. You know we got upper extremity problems. 
<laughs> you know, you're a manual therapist. Yeah, man, help so, me out. <laughs> My forearm's sore. Point to your problem area and go, let me see what you can do. And, you know, I would say give them at least a half an hour. Okay. Because you have to establish rapport and, you know, integrate that touch. You know, but if it's, if you're looking for that quicker turn, then you might need somebody who's got a little bit uh, more orthopedic training. So that, so because if you're doing 15 minute treatment, client's not going to be depressed. That's true. You know, so that that's going to inhibit what we're capable of. It's not going to necessarily reduce our potency. It's just therapist then has to adapt their skill set. They have to take their standard benches and slide them back in the toolbox and pull up their metric set. You know, right tool, right job, just different set of tools. In your classes, do you uh, use any kind of tools of any sort to save your hands and body? Is that part of the curriculum for your for your students? Uh, the most important tool that I use is my brain. Boom. Uh, because if the therapist isn't paying attention to what they're doing with their body mechanics, it's on them. So every tool that I've ever used is just an extension of how I understand how to use it. There is one tool that I have uh, latched onto about uh, almost 10 years ago, and it's called the Sacred Wedgie. Okay. It's an amazing uh, self-care tool. It's not unlike the um, SOT blocking, only the client lays face up and gravity does most of the work. Oh, so still it goes over your, or you're laying on top of the sacrum, so it sort of puts it into that anterior tilt, so it like flattens the low back for a while? Yep, and then you put uh, a neck roll in the neck, and you just get a nice little reciprocal tension release. Oh, that would be comfortable. Pound for pound is the easiest way to release the spill as a massage therapist without having big drop legs off the table. You know, it's a uh, it's there's one on my nightstand. I have one in every suitcase. And if you're doing this on a regular basis, they already got to lay up face up anyway. Just let them lay on that while you work on the rest of them. <laughs> right now I'm in two places at one time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Outside of that, you know, the sticker way is the one of the main tools. But outside of that is it's really just having a, a solid sound skill set. Knowing what you know, recognizing that you don't know what you don't know, recognizing that there's always going to be more that you don't know than you do know. And allowing your patient's clients to be your educator so that you can be a student for the rest of your life. Because every client's going to present differently each time. So if we're robotic with our treatment, we'll know different than them taking a car wash at the gas station versus washing a car by hand. It's just a different experience. This has been good so far, in my opinion. Kind of getting a good overview of the things that you're offering and what we should be looking out for. Uh, mm-hmm. For my audience, I think this has been really good. Like you said, you you have your own school. You're having to get people to, to take your classes. Uh, you travel. What is like one, maybe two marketing tactics that either you use to get students or that you've noticed works well to build your own massage clientele? You can go. You can take t- tackle that either way you like. Okay. Part of the class, matter what class I'm teaching, whether it's the body work for post-traumatic stress disorder or the integrative craniosacral therapy classes, built into that is a couple of key things that I talk about at the beginning of every class, mainly in the concept of ROI. You know, as a massage student coming to a class, what ROI? How much, how much time is it going to take with you using what you learned to make your data? And if, you know, for yourself, even for contractors, you guys have to do continuing education. We all sat in classes and gotten our hours and walked out of the class and went, what did I just do? Yeah. Right. I and, quit doing those. Yeah. And without, without the bad ones, we don't appreciate the good ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so bad ones play a role. 
So, you know, I go into the classes and, and I tell the therapist, look, these are the key points, boom, 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 boom. This is where we're going to get your ROI because I want you to use these tools and these techniques to be successful so that you can move your work forward, right? So they can begin thinking about what it's going to take to get that next ring of clientele. How busy do you really want to be? You only got so many hours. I think your body can handle massaging all, all week. Right. And on the other side of the question, you know, what do I do to reach out to prospective students and try and convert them to in-class students is it's authentic. You know, the potency of the classes that I teach is it's rooted in the basics. You know, we go back to understanding what homeostasis means for the body. And we talk about the different pieces that the body has that lets us know whether we are or we're not in homeostasis. Just as an example, um, so that massage therapists, whether they're brand new or they've been in practice for 20 years, can come into the class and feel comfortable digesting the information. And sometimes it's information you've already heard, but they hear it a second time, so they learn it deeper. When I was just at the chiropractic show here in Orlando, I was talking to a number of chiropractors. It's about being able to have that authentic conversation with ego on the side of what do we really know and how can we really push our work forward? So when I do the marketing pieces, I just ask the students, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? You know, how hard do you want to work? You know, growing up in the Midwest, I was raised, you have to work smarter, not harder. So if I can, if I can find ways to get therapists to understand that, that they don't need to always offer treatment for the clock hour, mm -hmm. right? You're charging by value, not by the hour. Oh, so y'all can do that as well. If we're going to change things, things have to be changed. What's well, a tough one? So as a profession, it, it is. But if you're aimed at performance base, then if it takes us 25 minutes to get you there, or if it takes me 50 minutes to get you there, I have that same amount of time blocked out, then you can do the performance base and charge the premium. That's true. And that's what's great about it. When you know you can charge, I don't know, maybe even double the going rate because of the results that you're going to get from it. Right. I don't have to go as often either. Usually that's message one with my clients is look, when we have our first conversation, it's my goal is to get you to want to see me, not the need to see me. Because mm -hmm. if you need to see me, it means we're not there yet. Which is normally how these conversations, these relationships we build start. Sure. They need, but now we got to get them to want. Yeah. We get to want, and then that's when the word of mouth referral network starts is they run into somebody like, hey, how you been? I've been, oh, I'm doing amazing. My headaches are gone. My shoulder pain's gone. My back is gone. Well, what's going on? I'm seeing this guy. It took, you know, three or four months of just consistent treatment. But now, you know, I see him twice a year. It's amazing. We're working ourselves out of a job. <laughs> well, it's job security because there's plenty of trauma out there for us to deal with. Oh, this PTSD. I'm curious on that one. Give us a little, sure. a little sample of what kind of experiences they're having or that they're getting from you to help with that condition. Okay. Are you talking in terms of the client or the student? Mm, I guess the clients, because that would encourage the, I think the students to take the class so that the clients can get the best results. Sure. The uh, class was originally written for massage therapists, but uh, as I said earlier, I'm opening up to cross disciplines, PTs, OTs, yoga therapists, basically anybody who has a license to touch because the message needs to be bigger. So we start there. The foundation of the class came from the client experience seeing clients even all the way back in 2000 when I first became a massage therapist and working in a chiropractor's office and seeing MVAs, you know, one after another, after another, after another, every day seeing these people come in who they're rear-ended or T-boned or flip the car over or slip and fall at work or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And seeing my manual techniques getting me so far, but then when I tweaked it to 
give a little bit more credence to what is their body telling me, right? Instead of me telling their body, I need you to do this, I took a step back and what does your body need to get to where it's trying to go? Even 20 years ago, I was already performance-minded. I just didn't have hands for it. Yeah, exactly. So from those from those sessions and then going to the spas, uh, being here in Orlando, it was a resort spa, so I'm seeing people from all over the world with all kinds of stuff, and I'm getting 15 minutes to see what I can do. And what I noticed over a couple of years is people started coming back to Orlando for treatments. Oh. And I was like, huh, okay. So obviously this is working. The 15 minutes we had in March of 2003, they come back in March of 2005, and they circle back, and they're like, hey, I made a special trip to Orlando to come to you. I live in Seattle. So I would ask them, so, so why? You know, I'm not, I don't, don't need you to stroke my ego, but I'm trying to get to the, the essence of what we did, what changed, what happened. Mm-hmm. So all of that is the seasoning. But what clients get out of the PTSD work is, first and foremost, is they get the ability to be in their body again, in a safe place, sometimes for the first time. The introduction of healthy, safe, non-sexualized touch Again, a lot of times for the first time or the first time in a long time. And then, you know, once they begin spending time in their body and they begin understanding what healthy touch can do, then we can start working with our nervous system to start recognizing that they don't have to be in that sympathetic response all the time. We can introduce them to this is what the parasympathetic side feels like. This is what the parasympathetic side can be like. And then they grow into this is what the parasympathetic side is like. And then we enhance the resiliency so that they can take a proactive role in the recovery process, right? Because there's no cure. There's lots, I've, I've read plenty of studies and all kinds of things from all kinds of different professions, from psychiatrists, psychologists. People say they cure PTSD the next time it happens. More like a management. Yeah, it's, you know, the way that I kind of tell it in the class is we're here to try and help take the drama out of the trauma. So that they just have a memory, right? This isn't men in black. We can't just go poof and their memory of trauma is gone. That would be amazing, but that's just not the world we live in yet. So if we can take the amount of life that they're living around that trauma and restore it back to their nervous system, that self-correcting mechanism inside the body will kick in and begin optimizing homeostasis and it gives them that resiliency between the sympathetic and parasympathetic sides. And they actually begin the recovery process. One of the big things that I try and focus on is making sure that it's a trauma-informed practice. Okay. And I don't know if, if you're familiar with that term, but the main takeaway from trauma-informed versus other types of therapies is I don't believe that the client has to go back through the trauma or relive the trauma or to heal from it. Oh, okay. That seems like a different view than I've heard most of the time. Yeah, it's that's when I cut my teeth in learning about PTSD – uh, a lot of it was pointed at, we have to go back to the source, you have to go back to the event. And what I started to realize was, a lot of people don't want to do that. Like, they'd like to just draw a line in the sand and move forward. So if we give them that chance, they can draw a line in the sand and move forward. It doesn't mean we're not going to circle back, and it doesn't mean they're not going to go back to that time of the trauma. Yeah, when they go back to that trauma, they don't have that visceral, neurological response of, oh my gosh, the trauma's happening again. They can approach it from, ah, I survived, right? And then they can go back and they go, you know what? Not only did I survive, but I'm thriving, right? Help them understand the difference between the low is me, your mentality, you know, the victim mentality, and walk them towards you're on the other side. And as a massage therapist, I'm very mindful of our scope of practice, right? We're not 
mental health counselors, we're not social workers, unless they are licensed to do that as well. Right. This is just your background, the way you're kind of approaching it. Yeah. Why you approach it the way you do. Yeah. So we have to keep it, you know, body centric. So, you know, we don't get into the emotional side of things. Do emotions come up? Sure. But our job as the body worker is to be a lighthouse in the storm so that they have a point of reference that if they're going through all of this emotion, all of this tissue change, all of this releasing, they know where grounded is. Okay. Because after the session, they're going to come back and they're going to open their eyes, they're going to look at you, and they're going to look at you with different eyes. It's our responsibility to give them the same eyes back, right? One of the biggest challenges with clients is their network of friends and family. Uh, you know, I've had dozens of patients come in and we've walked them through this process. It is, you know, sometimes it's a couple of weeks and bam, good. They're on a debt across the Atlantic, ready to go. Other patients, it's, you know, we're five, six years into this because the damage was that significant, right? It's not, a, it's not about my agenda, how fast we can get you to this point. It's let's just keep the momentum and get you going, right? So as, as they make these changes and they feel these changes and they give you a it's what it's like to be in their body without all of this weight, all of this drag. They come out of the side, and their friends and family only see them, the person they were before the trauma, or the person they were before they started doing the recovery process. So they kind of have to then educate their circle and go, look, I'm not that person. Like, I've turned the page, I'm moving forward. I'd like you to see me as I am right now. Not the, uh, not the me I was last week, six years ago, 12 years ago. You know, it reminds me of you know, two things. One thing they say when you're arguing with your spouse, try not to bring it up to your parents very much. Don't use them as a resounding board because later on when things are good, they don't know about the good. They just remembered all the bad things you said about your spouse. So that could be bad. And then another thing you mentioned, I was talking with somebody one time and I don't know if it became a peer reviewed study or just temporary findings, but there was um, like a tsunami that went through probably like eight years ago someplace and mass you know a lot of casualties and people would just go and try to volunteer and kind of help rebuild or just people that were hurt and one of the things i think they did was they had them talk about it immediately like what are you doing what you're processing trying to avoid you know some ptsd stuff and what they found was some of these people actually was because they were talking about it so quick it really it didn't give them a time to like self-cope and kind of figure it out on their own it, like it created solidified it for them versus just letting them get on their own and then they wouldn't have actually had it and i don't know how they categorize that and figure that out but it was an interesting you know like we were saying should you talk about it should you not when is the appropriate time and how much you know that's a lot of stuff that like you know you and i were just not qualified in that sense to go deep into that rabbit hole but it's fun to see that there's conflicting research out there and people are challenging what they used to do to try to find out what's best and everybody's different but at least have a, a guideline this is what we're going to try first for these types of people yeah that's uh that, that idea of the tidal waves coming, right? That's the way that a lot. Of, that's what a lot of students will describe it as like when the trauma was coming. Like I can see it coming like a tsunami. So it's interesting that you brought up that study. I will have to, take, have to keep an eye out and look for that one. Yeah, like I said, that, that, that's the bad thing about Justin. Sometimes he'll read things and be like, "Yep, I don't remember <laughs> authors and all that kind of stuff." Like some people do in school, and you're just like, "Dude, how do you know all of this stuff and remember it?" I mean, maybe they'd be good at uh, sports as well. You know, fantasy draft, the recite, and all that things. I'm like, man. You better have me a, a printout. <laughs> yeah, I'm back there with you. <laughs> so let's let's switch gears. We're, we're going to wrap this thing up here soon. If you're a longtime listener, if you're a new listener, you know that as doctors, as professionals, and just people in general, it's such a high divorce rate. And that's not so good. So one of the things is sometimes it's not 
taking a vacation. Other times it's just spouse issues that we have. So question for you is vacation. How could we possibly take more of that? Because a lot of us are entrepreneurs and we just don't, you know, you don't work, you don't get paid. And what can you do to try to keep the love alive in your significant relationships so that you just stay happy? Well, there's a couple of different ways. With the way that I've set my thing up, my goal is the endless summer so that wherever I want to go, I will go and I will set up a teaching class or a workshop or do some consultations in that city or for a couple of days. And I'll be on Here comes San Diego. <laughs> you know, but as far as is my spouse, my wife is a massage as well. We actually met in the summer school. It's a hopelessly romantic story. Uh, but Talk about. <laughs> right. So we kind of walked into this profession together. Uh, and she's actually a full-time massage therapist for hospice, specializing in pediatrics. So she carries a pretty heavy load. And, you know, we're really good at having really uncomfortable conversations. But what makes us work is a couple of things. One is, you know, you never get mad to punch below the belt. That's rule number one for every relationship. Mm-hmm. But what really works for us, especially for me, is uh, you know, my dad told me, no one you're right, no one you're wrong, and no one doesn't matter. That's a hard one, though. That last part. <laughs> that last one's the stinger. But, you know, I'm, I'm not a quitter. You know, so when, when my wife and I found each other, you know, we decided at that time that this was for the long haul. You know, it's about growing old together. It's about having fun together. It's about growing together. We've had friends who have hit the turbulence and the bumps and, you know, have chosen to go different ways. You know, I don't know how to um, put all of it together, but, you know, if, if you keep your goals clear uh, and your communication open, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Do you already visit those on a regular basis throughout the year? We are due for a <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll say quarterly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, at least we... We got married pretty young. We started our family pretty young, so we never really took an official honeymoon. So what we do every year around our anniversary is we do have a honeymoon. You know, whether it's if life is too hectic, we live in Orlando, so we can do a vacation and go you know, to a theme park or the beach or whatever pretty easy. We do it at least annually around our anniversary just to kind of go and reconnect and focus on being a couple. You know, just uh, her and me and parents and business owners and employees. We just we kind of build it all down. It's a lot of hats. Yeah. But let's just, let's be us. Let's go have fun and, you know, make sure we're still on the same page. And if we're not, figure out what we want to do and get back. Great answer. Kind of one of the, our last ones we like to follow up with is, you have any books that you really recommend or secretly enjoy that we should t- check out? And uh, any fun phone apps? Wow. Fun phone apps. Um the Onion is always a good resource. Oh, man. Just, <laughs> yeah, just I got to be careful with my Twitter feed. I see some crazy headline. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's The Onion. Okay, okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, is that really true? Okay, no, it's it's fake true. Okay, yeah. cool. There's a, there's a handful of books that, um, that have had pretty good impact on me personally. The, the one that I read years ago was The Biology of Beliefs, Bruce Lipton. He's a uh, cellular biologist who took his Stanford education and went into the concept of epigenetics. Oh, okay, yeah. So that opened up a great canyon of a wormhole for me, so I dove deep into that. But it ties into the PTSD work and everything else that I do as well. Uh, and that one's kind of a, it's a different take. It's called The Mission, The Men, Me. And the name is, his name is Keith Blaber, F-A-B-E-R. And um, it's a book uh, from a special forces commando 
with all of the military stuff inside of it, but some really strong, solid life skills. Uh, just as far as like, you know, one of the things that he says in there is don't get treated by a chihuahua, you know, which is a phenomenal. It's a little story that he tells about uh, when they were getting qualified, they just dropped off all the woods and there was something coming up behind him and he just took up running because in his mind, sleep deprived, food deprived, he thought it was like this grizzly bear coming to eat him. Oh man. You know, and it turns out it was like this little wood creature. You know, so making sure that you don't over respond to a non forbidden stimuli kind of a deal. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. And that's a good one. Um, and a pretty fun one that I like to share with my clients. It's really, you know, for, for yourself and uh, other chiropractors and PTs, it might be a good uh, office book, is My Many Colored Days by Dr. Seuss. Okay. It uh, just kind of goes in through how we all have different colored days and kind of gives us permission to have those different colored days so we can recognize that the people around us might be having a different colored day than we're having. Isn't it interesting how sometimes you just have to have permission? The randomest person be like, you know, you're allowed to feel that. You're, oh, I am? Yeah, you can feel that way. This happened to you. It would be more natural to feel that way than not. That doesn't mean you can stay that way forever, but you can experience that for a while and f- explore it. It's healthy sometimes. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I think emotional intelligence is understanding the power of each emotion and the value of each one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to be sad. You know, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to be angry. You know, back in the day, reading against the machine told us anger is a gift, right? So find a way to use it. Yeah, man. This is, uh, these are the kind of answers I like to hear. Books that I like to see just, you know, it, it varies. You know, everybody has a different viewpoint. I like the ones these haven't really been said before. So that's really awesome. How, how can people get in touch with you, website, give us all the scoop? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can follow me on all the social media platforms under Touch Education. Um, you can hit me up on my personal page, Matthew Howe. Uh, you can visit me at toucheducation.com if you're interested in either attending one of my seminars yourself or if you would like to send the massage therapist or the PTAs or anybody that's in your clinic that if you think you'd be interested in helping more people across the broader spectrum of PTSD, this is the website, toucheducation.com. Go to upcoming events. You can register right there. I do speaking engagements for corporations, for conferences, for professional associations. This message of PTSD is broad enough that there's enough trauma for everybody to help. Sometimes we just need that branch to have a communication, and I'm going to be that branch to help you reach new patients and new clients. Matthew, I really appreciate you being on the show and giving us some things to think about, what to look for, for a quality, evidence-informed massage therapist, and the fact that it's open up for other people if they're tweaking their interest. Like, I wonder what I can actually learn. Go check out his website, take a seminar, and come back Monday morning and re- regenerate it and ready to go. There you go. Another great interview has ended. While you're on your phone, click that review button. Write up a nice review for me. Five stars if you could. As everyone says in the industry, it'll help other people to find us when we have enough rankings. Not to mention, I'll mention you and your review on an upcoming episode. If you follow me at all on Instagram, you know you only get one link. So I use a link tree. And so it's a doctorsperspective.net slash links with an S. And that's going to give you everything you need to know. The top episodes of 2017 and 2018, the podiatry series, dentist, acupuncture series, holiday 2017, financial series, how to write a review, how to support the show, like buying a cup of coffee, getting swag, like t-shirts, the Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book, 
That's the blueprints for better health, exercise, picking food correctly, and financial. And then, of course, bundle packs, which can get you the no-needle acupuncture book for 40 common conditions, including the electric acupuncture pin, at a great deal. The resources page has some of the products that I like. It's uh, affiliate style, so if you buy something from them, I get a piece of that. Just like on the show notes pages, if you buy a book from clicking that link, I get a small piece of that as well. So I really appreciate that. Things like Screencast-O-Matic, PureVPN, Missing Letter, JLab Speakers, ProLone Edge or Hawk Grips. Uh, once again, if you do need any coaching on how to improve some of your blood work, drop weight, and the ProLone Diet, Fast Mimicking Diet, five-day plan, let me know as well as if you just need some coaching, whether it's health, whether it's marketing, whether you need some practice growth, etc. Reach out. Facebook, Justin Trosclair, MCC. Of course, at a doctorsperspective.net on the top right, you got all the social media icons that you can imagine. Click your favorite and reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, pass it along. You can go to .net slash listen. It's just that easy. It'll open up right in your app. And don't forget, I appreciate you. Listen, critically think, and integrate. See you on the mini-sodes on Thursdays and Saturdays. Hope you're enjoying those. I'm definitely having fun summarizing these podcasts in less than 10 minutes for you. You get the nuggets without having to waste your time. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective. <laughs>